2: Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for one hour. And uh, Jackson, Chris Kerber is going to be joining us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes to talk about the festivities last night in Minnesota. The Blues winning 4-0 to get a 1-0 series lead on the wild, and I think they just discouraged the living hell out of them. Yeah. Uh, after dominating uh, the first 10 minutes, Minnesota kind of mounted a bit of a Sunday charge in the second half of the first period, and Ville Husso was up to the task in his first ever playoff start and just shot them down. And uh, the Blues then kind of went into a similar mode, reminded me a little bit of 2019 when they would take control of a game and just not allow too many opportunities from that point forward, really a dominating performance. Dispiriting, I would imagine, for both the Wild and their fans, who I think were a little more oozed about winning home ice than I felt like it was given attention in St. Louis, both by the team and by fans and by media. It's was the only thing we really had to monitor over the final couple of weeks of the season. You know, it was going to be the Blues and the Wild. Well, that home ice is gone. Gone. 845 to 11.022, no, approximately.
0: Yep neutralized home ice that's, that's right a, that's how I would describe
1: it well that's a vivid description uh, and so Jackson the Blues lead the series one nothing on the wild Chris Kerbel will join us coming up here at 10 15 to give his perspective uh, David Perron with the hat trick Billy Huso with the shutout and really across the board I don't know what there really is from the Blues standpoint to complain about. That was a complete victory and had to be incredibly discouraging to a Minnesota team that came into the postseason like the Blues, having played really well over the last month and just got absolutely shipped in, for, in front of an energetic building full of wild fans. Yep. Uh, what do we have here from the Blues postgame festivities after the 4 nothing game one win?
0: Well, as you allude to, playing on the road, Ville Husso talked about playing in the Loud Arena for his first ever playoff start. Yeah, I, I, goalie coach David said that it's going to be a little louder than, you know, regular season games. So I was, he, he reminded me of that, so I knew. Um, I mean, play of hockey is always play of hockey, and, you know, it's it's nice to play in those games. And um, I think the rink was pretty loud today.
1: Uh, the uh, shutout performance had to discourage the Wild because Minnesota was getting some opportunities. Now, a lot of those pucks weren't put on net, but a few of them were, and Huso had a couple of saves uh, that just had to make Minnesota go, oh, my God. You know, if anything, and I don't know where people were going into last night, um, but candidly, I was like, okay, we'll see, you know, uh, we'll see how this goes, his first playoff start and maybe maybe this situation will be a little rough. Uh, maybe there'll be some nerves. Maybe he'll let one in early. Minnesota will jump out to a, a solid lead, and this could set the tone for the postseason. And instead, if anything, Darren Pang said, got a big save early on, uh, got it out of the way, and from that point, he just settled in. Yeah. And there's something about, and I'm sure Chris Kerber will talk about this, there's something about when you have your goaltender make a big save... And how it sets the tone for the team. The goaltender made the save for, but it also sucks some of the energy out of the team who fired that puck on net. I think the, the greatest example locally we've ever seen was the first, I don't know, seven, eight minutes of game seven of the Blues and Bruins in 2019 in Boston. Uh, that had to be so deflating. So for Minnesota, not to even get one. I think they would have liked to have just gotten one. Had to be incredibly frustrating. Uh, I know yesterday, Michael Russo, uh, who covers the Wild for the Athletic, was on with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman. And uh, he was talking about, and I've been reading his column this morning, how this is uh, super familiar for Wild fans. Uh, He opens up his column on the Athletic by saying, Boy, oh, boy, did Monday night's playoff series opener against the St. Louis Blues have an eerily familiar ring to it. This year's version of the Wild may have had the fifth best points percentage in the NHL and averaged the fifth most goals per game in the NHL. But once the curtain dropped on the postseason, it sure felt like virtually every playoff loss in the history of the franchise. So already, once that happens, it starts to make teams, fans wonder, Okay, not again. What transpires tomorrow night? Um, takes on an incredible amount of importance now for the Wild. And that is why, and I think a lot of people were talking about this when we were going back and forth on the home ice thing. And I recall saying it last week, as weird as it sounds, yeah, when you think about a Game 7, it would be wonderful to have the Game 7 in your own building. Although, as we have seen, uh, the Blues were on the road when they won the Stanley Cup in a Game 7. The Blues did not have home ice against the jets the blues did not have home ice against the sharks the blues did not have home ice against the bruins and in each one of those series the blues picked up a win on the road and once you do that that gets in the opponent's head and it makes you feel like you're playing advantageously i think with a little more freedom uh and you're carrying that kind of freedom into game two and that's what the blues did here with last night's performance and the frustration i think was typified with a minute 24 left in the game uh, you had uh, the Minnesota captain Jared Spurgeon finalist for the Lady Bing. Uh, in a fit of frustration, uh, he just—it's grotesque cross-check on Pavel Bucinevich, uh That you know, Jackson, you you are of the opinion uh-huh. that he is going to get suspended for this.
0: I think he. I think he certainly should be. Uh, okay, when...
1: should and will. Two different things.
0: I, I think he will be. You think he will be? Yeah, right? I think he will be. I mean, but I think if the player safety department, like, is following the rules, then they will suspend him because he was intending to injure a defenseless player. That's And that's the letter of the law, and they should suspend him for a game. That's the rule.
1: From From the standpoint of whether or not he uh, will, I would bet he will not mm-hmm. from the letter of the law and in an interpretation of it. I think he should. I agree right. with you there. Mm-hmm. My thought is this was a minute 24 left in a 4 nothing game. Most of the building had uh, taken off. I would imagine some Blues fans are like, okay, it's 11-15. I'm, I'm shutting it down. Yeah. This is good. I'm going to bed happy. And it's game one of the first round of a series that locally certainly is hugely important. But from an NHL perspective, I don't think it's necessarily ranked up there with, let's say, the Leafs and the Lightning or the Avalanche and what they've done and the, and the Predators. So it's two teams in the Midwest. It's eleven fifteen in St. Louis. People on the East Coast aren't watching it. Uh, on, the, on the West Coast, they're watching a tight Kings-Oilers game. Point being, it flies under the radar. If that happens in a conference final, I think something may happen. Sure. Game one of, of this one with a minute 24 left, I, I think the letter of the law will be ignored. It would be wonderful. Uh, Michael Russo, who I referenced his column earlier, he was asked about it by a fan, and he tweeted out about an hour ago, no hearing scheduled at the moment. As I wrote last night, he's likely staring at a fine, and he and the Wild are probably going to get very lucky. In other words, Russo saying he probably should get suspended. Right. But at this point, he doesn't think.
0: Yeah, and I totally understand that, and I think it's a good point because it's first round and late in the game, but... I mean if the play, if you're trying to protect player safety then you have to set a precedent that that won't that won't be tolerated and I think a fine in a sense does that but Costing your captain a game
1: really does that.
0: That's why I think he should and will get suspended.
1: Uh, Chris Kerber going to join us get his perspective coming up. He will be with us quite shortly here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line 101 ESPN. Uh, Guys, enough about the hockey game. Who won the $5 bet? It's a great Mm -hmm. question. Uh, Jackson, uh, the over-under was eight forty three. It was. Uh, I took the over. Mm -hmm. You took The under, what time did the puck drop? About
0: 8.46 or 8.47. No. Yeah, that guy kind of leaned into the anthem. I thought he might want to
1: speed it. So you blame the anthem singer.
0: Well, it was a, you know.
1: I don't think he started the anthem until after 8.43.
0: Right, but still, speed it up if (laughs) you could.
1: (laughs) You felt like at that point he was running up the score. (laughs) Right. To Jackson's credit, it's like a golf wager. Uh Uh-huh. You you owe the bet, pay pay the the bet. bet. You paid the bet within minutes.
0: I th- I was I had the Venmo up because as 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 the anthem was about to start at 8:43, I was like, okay, I've lost this bet, so I started it up. And then right as my iPhone turned 8:44, I hit. You hit
1: the send. Send Venmo, and
0: uh, yeah, I, but I, I would have
1: won if it was 8:43:01. Right, I okay. did it
0: until The clock struck 8:44. Right,
1: you paid Jackson. Paid immediately on TMA this morning. Jackson wagered uh, Doug Vaughn and uh, Kenneth Iggy Strode. That Spurgeon will get suspended, correct? Yeah. Yep. So you're just you're th- you're throwing money around here this uh this this postseason.
2: Yeah,
0: you know I came to play, and uh, I think I think he will be suspended. I just I, I it would be tough for me to see that play and just a fine be issued. I just I, I find that weird. But like I said, like I'm not the world's biggest hockey fan, but I do get into the playoffs, and now that we're at playoff time, I'm into it, and I think that is a, a really bad example of. Trying to keep the players safe. If you don't suspend them,
1: honesty in media. If that would have, if the shoe would have been on the other foot, the Blues are down four nothing, and take your pick of whomever on the Blues doing it. I guess if you want to go apples to apples, O'Reilly doing it, uh-huh. uh, and you go, oh, I'd be out of character for O'Reilly. Right. I go, yeah, but it's out of character for Spursion, too. Sure, sure. So with that all said, uh, I would say, yeah, that's 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 dirty pool. Sure. If anything, though, honestly, suspension, no suspension, the fact that you got a guy like that Mm -hmm. to tilt like that Mm -hmm. tells you a lot. Taking, Taking whether or not you think he should be suspended out of it. And listen, I realize that's, if anything, it's about the hottest topic outside of the Blues play and the Wilds' failure last night. But that is the topic of the moment from that series is what went on with that play, with a minute 24 left, taking the suspension, the fine out of it. If you have a player who usually doesn't act out like that, acting out like that in a play like that, now, I know some Wild fans are saying, well, he was reacting because he thought Buchnevich was trying to get him with his skate. That is awfully tactful if he were able to maliciously try to slice him with his skate as he falls down, and that is why he reacted like that. Let me put it this way. Do you think that he would have reacted that way if the Wild were up 4 nothing on that exact same play? Right. They were down 4 nothing. They had been absolutely stowed by Huso and the Blues had just not given him much of an opportunity whatsoever uh, in the second and third period. And that's, that, that's the result. You have a guy who doesn't normally act like that, act like that, and as Michael Russo The Athletic writes for the Wild, uh, saying he's, they probably are going to get very lucky. That he will not get suspended. Uh, your thoughts on the topic are welcome. Six five seven eight zero. Six five seven eight zero. Uh, who cares about the suspension? It's the playoffs. I'm pumped. We are in their head big time. Yep, I agree with that. That uh, that, that shows sure. that uh, Jackson's opinion on it should be honest since he is not a Blues fan. It is also probably wrong since he's also not a hockey fan. <laughs> That's from the 3 well, Can that, we give something away? Because I would like to maybe, maybe let's Venmo this person the $5 you Venmoed me. Yeah, parlay it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the first part is not true. I am a Blues fan. But I am more, I'm less emotional watching hockey games than other sports. So I, I do think in that sense it doesn't cloud my judgment in a lot of the cases.
1: Uh, Tim, can you guys ask Kerber about the lack of a boarding call and the hit on Letty? That seemed like an obvious penalty and possibly a major. I agree on that. That was stunning. Letty was furious. Uh, then, what, like a minute later, Perron got whistled. Uh, so the Blues were especially banty at that particular moment. Tim, what about the bet on the attendance at Bush yesterday? I was wrong. I know that, but I don't believe I don't we think, bet. I don't
0: think we wagered on it. I
1: don't believe we bet. I just said I'm stunned by that. Yeah, I, I am t- stunned by that. And, and for the record, uh, I, I said I would anticipate about 8,500 people at that game. Right. Main reason being, it was a makeup game, one-game series with the Royals from earlier in the year. And it initially was going to be a seven o'clock start and it got moved up because of the forecast. And I'm like, who in the world is going to be able to go to Bush Stadium on less than 12 hours notice for a Cardinals and Royals game on Monday? (laughs) And then I see the game and I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like there were 30,000 fans there, but there were. There were more than 8,500. I know that. I know they announced 30,000, but that's tickets sold. So, uh, yes, I was uh, absolutely wrong on that. But since I'm in Sports Talk Radio, we don't talk about the things we're wrong on. We focus on the things where we fire a dart and we happen to hit the bullseye. Chris Kerber is going to join us coming up in a matter of moments. Stick around. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, most of you know him as the voice of the St. Louis Blues here on 101 ESPN, but maybe people don't realize he also produces Balloon Party in his free time. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Kerber, welcome to the presentation. Morning, Kerbs.
3: How are you guys? What's the good word? Oh, just a, uh, It's always nice when you start on the road and the team gets a victory in game one, There's a relaxed feeling, but uh, you know the intensity is about to get even more. So, team, uh, they'll have an optional skate here. They'll have a meeting at about two hours, an optional skate after that, and then uh, they'll get prepared for tomorrow night's game.
1: Yeah, last night was, uh, I think from a Blues fan perspective, about as good as he can get I think we can pick through a few things and I'm sure we will here over the course of our conversation but you see Billy Husso get his first start in the postseason and perform how he performed David Perron after not being able to play last year against the Avs performing how he performed and then the frustration the wild displayed toward the end of the game I mean you check all of the boxes let's start with uh, Huso. Uh, your thoughts on on what we saw from the Blues goalie last night
3: no, nothing short of spectacular. Out, uh, just an outstanding game right from the start. You know, when, when Walker ended up with that holding penalty two minutes in, they needed a couple of big saves from Huso. And, you know, the thing the Blues got last night, Tim, that they really haven't had a whole lot all season long is that, that old puck luck thing. And, you know, Huso scrambled. But he made a right pad save and then a left pad save on two different shots. And it kept the game. in there. we talked to Tori Krug after the game. And he talked about how saves from Billy Husso uh, allowed the team to get their legs going, and and it, it was huge. And and he was fantastic all night long. And you just you just saw that ability. Like you you really got done with about oh I'd say about five or six minutes into the second period. And You're like, it, who he could shut these guys out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he, he had that kind of. He did that kind of swagger last night.
1: It's interesting that's coming from Krug. I was making the analogy, and it certainly wasn't as intense of a barrage and certainly not as intense of circumstances as Game 7 in Boston in 2019. But what that does for both Husso and then also his team, to have the goalie perform like he performed at that moment, at the outset when the building has the energy that it has and the Blues are killing off a a penalty, that sets a tone and it also can deflate the opposition. And I think that's what he did in the early game.
3: Well, you're absolutely right. I, I, I drew some similarities to uh, Jordan Benny's performances in game seven as well because it was some key saves made early in the game that allowed the Blues to not fall behind when they easily could have. And then you're chasing the game, and the whole mm-hmm. complexion of the game is different. So, yes, it's game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, not game seven of the Stanley Cup final. But I, I think there are similarities in just how the game was played in general in terms of. A huge save from the goaltender. Now, you know, the other aspect about Billy Huso is he's such a good teammate and, and, and such a, a nice guy. But in the post-game interview that he did, when when Darren Pang asked a good question about fending off Kirill Kaprizov, who had 108 points, most points in in Minnesota Wild franchise history, Billy Huso didn't talk about Kaprizov. He said, you know, we've got some pretty good players, too. <laughs> and he named Tarasenko and Butch Navich and all that. And and that's the message, I think, that people around, uh, you know, hockey fans around the league or, or pundits around the league might want to realize because so many people have the Minnesota Wild as favorites in this series, and they still may win it. You know, we don't know how that goes. It's playoff hockey. And as you know, playoff hockey, you could have great teams that end up losing games or losing series, whatever it may be, right? But But – these two teams are far more even, I think, than some people were, were talking about, and, and it goes to what Philly said. This Blues team's got some really, really good players.
1: Yeah, and and I think what people don't realize is the depth that the Blues have, uh, and and maybe that will be appreciated here uh, as this thing. Well, goes-
3: Tim, I'll, listen, goes- I'll, I'll tell you this: the, the funny thing about it is, what the what Minnesota what Minnesota fans consider to be the strength of the Wild is their depth. And and it, it, it is pretty good. It, it's depth. It's, it's it's similar to what the Blues had in, in 2019, in terms of you've got that that third line, the grief line, which I think is a terrific name for. It with <laughs> I, I do enjoy and that. And, and Polino, right? And and but listen, that line had only allowed four even strength goals all season long when those guys were paired together. I mean, that's that's a stat that should just make you sit and go, hang on a minute, is that right? But but it's really quite impressive. But the difference is, is the Blues are deeper like yeah minnesota has depth but the blues are deeper and, and the blues are deeper from an offensive standpoint so if you can contain the kaprizov line which the blues did well you've got a really good chance because they, they put that grief line up against the thomas tarasenko line and they were very good against them but in the end you then had perron and o'reilly and Saad that could take right. over and and Braden Shen I thought was a beast oh, in the game last like, absolutely so that that, all the over the place part.
1: yep yeah, yeah indeed great. yeah uh, he was on fire last night sending a message really fr- from the get go you talked about uh, David Perron and what they were able to do and uh, it was his night with the hat trick David Perron not able to play last year against the Avalanche gets in there and is just all over the place, uh, performing how he performed. So certainly an impressive night, and we can talk about that all day long. But I think when you talk about how the series plays out and exactly what you were just talking about, okay, you want to match up against Thomas and Tarasico, fine, but now you're going to have to pick your poison. And that is where the attention, perhaps nationally, will go to what the Blues can do. You can pick your poison, but you're not just rolling out one line and being able to stop the Blues. Your thoughts on what we saw last night from uh, Perron and from O'Reilly?
3: Well, you know, eventually, what you saw in that third period was Erickson X started taking faceoffs against Ryan O'Reilly. Now, Erickson X is their best faceoff man in terms of a uh, total faceoffs won for the Minnesota Wild. Ryan O'Reilly was seventy-one percent on faceoffs through the first period, sixty-nine percent through two periods. So, what's going to happen? There, there's there's two things I think that happened last night that you can watch as good start. Well, there's more than two, but there, but there's two key ones in terms of things that can really impact the way the Minnesota Wild want to play the game. Number one, look at the line matchups. They clearly wanted the grief line against the Thomas line. Fine. No problem there. And you know what? What's key here is that Tarasenko, Butchnevich, and Thomas, who want to play offensive hockey, what's key is that they don't get frustrated. Because in the end, if the grief line holds that one off the board, that's fine. Because that means that either the O'Reilly and Perron line, like they did, and or the Shen line are going to get offensive chances because there's going to be a mismatch somewhere, or what'll happen, and we'll see what happens on on how the matchups go in game two. But especially when the Blues get home for game three, you could all of a sudden have Craig Baruby trying to keep the Thomas line away from that Eric yeah. neck line, and then all of a sudden that gives room for them to go. If if the Tarasenko line gets frustrated, that could actually play to the Minnesota Wild. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, Chris Kerber- thing,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Well, I was going to say, that the second thing is is the power play. The Blues did exactly what they needed to do last night. Yes, they took far too many penalties. That will have to calm down because you don't want to stress your penalty kill. But the Blues were so good on the power play that if Minnesota wants to take penalties and they've got the propensity to do so, the Blues are going to burn them bad. And so for them to not take penalties, they may have to adjust their play a little bit, and that's not what they want to do that's another one to follow because the Blues were so good on that power play
1: last night. Yeah, the Blues uh, with the best road power play in the league, uh, best overall special teams of any team, and then the Wild with the worst, and you saw it bear out here in Game 1. Chris Kerber with us, the Engineer Design Facilities Playoff Report, and talking it over and a topic that is carried over from late last night into this morning is what transpired with Buchnevich and Spurgeon with a minute 24 left in the game and uh, debating as to whether or not Spurgeon could miss some time. Do you think that that will take place? I guess it's two questions, Curbs. Should it and will
3: it? Uh, I I don't think it will. I wonder if it should. I I, I think it's it's extraordinarily a cheap play, and and Butchnevich could have been injured. So uh, Spurgeon is not a dirty player. He's never been suspended. I fully expect to to see him be fined the maxable amount, which is, what, four or five grand? Right, uh, and then you know, and then move on from that. Uh, I don't believe Craig Berube will really much address it, other than press it off and say it's playoff hockey. We got another game to go. Uh, I don't like the play. Would I love to see him suspended? Absolutely. Would it be great to see Spurgeon taken out of uh, for a game? Well, that that'd be a good thing for the Blues, um, you know. But I don't. It's 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 an uncharacteristic play. He snapped. Do I think it's suspension worthy? Ah, man, it's borderline because you could have injured the player, but. Um, I I think in the end, what is going to happen is they're going to find him, and uh, this series is going to get tougher.
1: Nick Letty took a shot uh, in the second period, and there was no call on that. As you were uh, calling the action here on 101 ESPN, what was your impression of what transpired there? And then also his health. I was worried he might be uh, heading off. Fortunately, he just was uh, angry on the bench, but that looked rough
3: it did, it did, and I was worried, too, that he would have had to have entered that concussion protocol. Don't forget there's spotters that, that can call down to the bench, and if they call down, the team doesn't have a choice. He's got to leave the bench. Uh, that, that didn't happen last night. Uh, listen, I'm going to defer to Joe on this one. I haven't gone back to watch the replay, but, you know, talking to, to Joey afterwards, he goes, look, he, Letty turned into it a little bit. It was shoulder to shoulder. Now, we've got to talk to Nick Letty this morning because you don't normally see Nick Letty that fired up after a hit either. Especially if it, if it was a clean one, so I got I've got to get some more perspective on that one yet, Tim. I'll, I'll tell you this: Kelly Sutherland, the veteran referee. There was a veteran referee, Kelly Sutherland, and Jake Brank, and I believe it was the first ever playoff game for Jake Brank, and he was the one that called the the penalty shot, which in the end looked like it might have been a clean stick check, uh, but uh, Kelly Sutherland immediately tapped his shoulder. Uh, that game I thought was an extraordinarily difficult one for the officials, and especially when you had a veteran with a new guy. Two veterans, in my opinion, really needed to be on that game. Mm. Um, you know, because if you knew that, and everybody knew that of, of all the games. Now we saw what happened with with Tampa and Toronto in the end, with Maroon and Perry teeing up on some some Maple Leaf players. But uh, I, I thought that one was the one that was going to potentially have you know the toughest nasties, not necessarily fighting but just some real nasty edge to it. And uh, in the end, I thought those guys did a pretty decent job because there was some rough stuff going all night long, and they did the best that they could do to keep it from getting out of hand.
1: Uh, Final question for you. When the Blues went into Winnipeg to open up the 2019 uh, playoffs, they won both games, but both were one-goal victories, and then we saw Winnipeg come to St. Louis and and win two in a row, including Game 4 in overtime, which uh, was heartbreaking for the Blues, but then they came back and had one of their signature wins in that 2019 run, that comeback win with Jaden Schwartz in in Game 5 in uh, in Manitoba. So taking a look at this, this is a different set of circumstances. This was just a, a, a dominating performance by the Blues against a team that came in, absolutely on fire so you've seen plenty of playoff hockey in your career uh, curbs what do you expect to see from minnesota tomorrow both from a coaching standpoint strategically and then also from the way the team uh, attempts to respond from last night's blues domination
3: well the game the game believe it or not is a little bit closer than what the score was going to indicate The Blues ended up with two power play goals, and and the the one from David Perron that was not a power play goal came two seconds after the power play had ended. So you could essentially call it a power play goal from a momentum standpoint. So keep that in mind. Minnesota's going to have to stay out of the penalty box. So they're going to have to play that physical style of play within the limits of the rules. And I think what they clearly wanted to do last night was really get in the face and try and intimidate after the whistle. Because that's when they took some penalties, and that's what that's what hurt them. There were too many after-the-whistle penalties yesterday, I think, for both teams, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, so that's going to change. You know, even strength all of a sudden, you look at that, you know, and, and if you count that Perron goal as a power play, it's really one nothing. And they hit three posts in the second period. Billy huso had to make some groin-ripping Gumby-like saves in the game. <laughs> right? So, I mean... I think I think both coaches are going to come out and say we're going to do a little bit more of the same. But if we if we state this look, the key for this series for Minnesota is they've got to keep it five on five. Their special teams aren't good enough to play with the St. Louis Blues special teams. That that's reality. So Minnesota's got to keep it five on five. They're a very good five on five team. So are the St. Louis Blues. So uh, winning up some of those little things are going to be important. I, I'd expect the Blues to make a few adjustments as well. Um, you know, to try and get a little more offensive zone time. The Blues had the least uh, offensive zone time between the two teams. I think possession time in the offensive zone in the end only finished around, uh, oh, it might have been around 12 minutes last night. You know, so it's one of those kind of things where there's improvement for the Blues. But, Tim, you're right. Look, go back a good number of years. In 15, I think it was Blues-Blackhawks uh, in round one uh, that, you know, the Blues had a 2 nothing lead. And in Chicago eventually came back to win that series in six. We saw the Blues take a 2 nothing lead out to Los Angeles. Los Angeles wins game 3 yeah. one nothing on the game by quick, right? We saw it in Winnipeg, like you said. So these series have a lot of ways of straightening themselves out, and last night was just game one, but a very good one for the Blues.
1: There he is, Chris Kerber, brought to you here during Balloon Party by Engineered Design Facilities with this Blues playoff report. Kerbs, always enjoy talking it over with you. Have a great call tomorrow night for game two here on 101 ESPN. We appreciate it, man.
3: Sounds good, Tim. Have a great day, buddy. You Thanks. too. Take Thanks, it Chris. easy. There's
1: Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, talking about uh, that Blues-Jets series from three years ago, every single one of those games was a one-goal game. Only one of them went to overtime, uh, and there was just one game uh, of the six, I should say, that uh, was more than a one-goal game, and that was Game 3 here in St. Louis, which went peg one, six to three. So the Blues winning that one 4 nothing. I am quite anxious to see how minnesota comes out in the first period tomorrow night um it's certainly because again we're we're pointing out right here the blues won two on the road against a really good winnipeg team in 2019 and you know winnipeg comes in here and wins game three and you go my goodness well that that momentum's over but if you lose four nothing at home with the expectations minnesota has both their fans and their team and the way they had been playing And if the Blues can go in there and kind of keep things going in their direction in the first period tomorrow night, uh, that really could be a significant tone setter for the series if they can keep it going. Because, you know, Minnesota is going to come out like bats out of hell tomorrow night. Uh, for the start of Game 2. They don't have a choice. All right, we will take a commercial break. The direction of the discussion will continue here on the Blues and the Wild. Uh, Jackson, you heard Curb said he does not think that it will result... I mean, you're losing money every. Are you? Or what are you thinking about? Are you going to go with a loan here? You're going to go to a loan shark? You're going to go Ryan Kelly? What are you going to do here to start paying off all these bets you're losing?
0: I'll I'll, I'll shop my options yeah. and uh, you know we'll see, and then I, you know maybe I'll make it all back if I'm play. That's the gambler's mindset. Yes, it is. Just yeah. get out
1: of the hole, and then everything's fine. Right. Monday night football. Then, then you're under an overpass. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll take a commercial break. Uh, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: You cut new tracks? Yeah, you like this one? Is this a remix? It's kind of dramatic. Yeah, it gets me fired up.
0: I think it's really good stuff. I think the beat might drop. Maybe not. I think the beat's already dropped, bro. Yeah, I think you're right. Pretty good, though.
1: No it is, and we're living in exciting times as the blues lead the series one nothing. Uh, and how about this? One oh one will be live this Friday with BK and Ferrario from eleven AM to two PM. Now when you just did the, you just I don't know if anybody's watching us uh, on yeah, television. Right, right. Uh, but you just warmed your hands. What was that? Are you like, oh good, I can't wait to get down there? That's what that that's what that conveyed to me. In you the know, middle I don't of know. my read, which by right. the way, of course, was rude. Right.
0: Yeah, uh, I I just it's kind of something I do. I just kind of roll my hands together. It had nothing to do with what was being talked about, and it was. Are rude. you cold? No, nah, not really.
1: All right, we've been on the show here together for four months, and I've never noticed you do it. Hmm, I don't know. I I do it pretty often. All right, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> 101 will be live this Friday with BK and Ferrari, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Fast Lane, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. from Enterprise Center as we gear up for Game 3 Friday night. If you've got tickets and you are headed to Enterprise for either Game 3 this Friday night or Game 4 Sunday afternoon, make sure to get there early to enjoy the Bud Light Happy Hour pregame party in the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden. Beginning two hours prior to puck drop, enjoy live music, food, and drink specials. And stop by the 101 ESPN table to get registered to win a signed Blues jersey. Friday night, playoff hockey in St. Louis. How do you do? How awesome. do you do? It's outstanding. I love it. Love it. And Sunday afternoon hockey in St. Louis. Is pretty cool, too. A Mother's Day gala. Right. I That's think what it shall be.
0: Pretty awesome. You know, that's good stuff right
1: there. Uh, hey, we were talking about uh, Jackson losing money on making bad bets, and it looks like you will be Venmoing some money to Doug Vaughn and Iggy. Uh, be cash. Uh, Emily Kaplan reporting All indications are that Minnesota Wild Capital, uh, Captain Jared Spurgeon will not, in caps, have a hearing with the Department of Player Safety, meaning no suspension per sources. Would expect him to get something likely a fine. That is what she <laughs> tweeted out six minutes ago.
0: This is so lame
1: go ahead you, you're, you're clearly first off you're losing money right. left and well, right but secondly you're digging in on you know um, NHL takes that are going against you right now
0: right and I just I, I the, the player safety if you're looking out for player safety a fine doesn't do it suspending a player does it that's what you know, decentivizes doing stuff like that as a cheap play with intent to injure on a defenseless player. And you, know, you just give them a fine to me. That's just so weak. And I get the circumstances under, but I mean, that's, and that's the captain of the team doing that too. You know, that, I just think that sets a bad example. Lady it, sets, Bing finalist. it sets a bad precedent that that's going to be tolerated with a, with a $5,000 fine. I just, I think that's
1: really weak. All right. You're, you're loaded for bear here on this.
0: I'm just honesty and media. I just I, I I'm fine losing the money. That's I'll be all right. But it's just, I just think it's really lame. And is I don't there get you want
1: to, I'll, I'll give you a chance to win your money back. Is there anything with regards to hockey that you would like to bet on, just so I can put my children through college, right? Via your Venmo.
0: I'm not doing the starting time again. That seems like you're yeah. steadfast on the. Well, I'm pretty. On always the this over is based on it. On about
1: ten. Well, I mean, if you said eight fifty, I <laughs> right, would say right, no. Right, but it was good. Got sniff close.
0: Uh, I'll think of some and have it ready for tomorrow.
1: Uh, guys, it's open season on the Kipper. <laughs> Is that you?
0: It's either me or uh, the captain of the Wild.
1: I, if it's me, I don't. <laughs> Is Spurgeon's nickname Kipper? I think maybe, maybe it means over season on uh, on him. That's what uh, I think. I mean, I. Well, it, I think it might just be on you. I don't know. It's I'm, open I'm, season com- on both of us. Stick at the, the moment. basketball kid. That's from the three one four.
0: Jackson was that a backjack? <laughs> No, that was that was a four check nor a back check.
1: It was a weak check. Either way. Man, I loved it. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game at, you know, five this morning. Right. It is tough. It when I when because I, the first period ended like at nine 10, 9, 15-ish, yep, yep. and I'm like, oh, I could probably do the second period, but then if you're doing the second period, and let's say it's, you know, 2-2 or something like that going into the third, there's no way right. I'm going to be able to go to bed.
0: No, it's good discipline to be able oh, to hit the Oh, it sack. is
1: not easy, though, uh, to first... turn off the TV, oh, yeah. put the remote down, and go to bed and go, okay, I'm going to get up and watch the game, and then when I get up, I, don't, I, ref- I can't look at the phone. Yep. I can't look at anything because I want to watch the entire game and not know right. what's happening.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm I last night I was like I, I was like, Man, you know, exciting in that last minute was wild we're getting playing shots up. There was a little you know, after the whistle after the after the horn sounded, there was some stuff going on with the blues and wild and I was like maybe yeah, maybe, you know, I'll wait the twenty minutes of intermission and come back and watch it again. But then I was just like, Nope, brush my teeth, get into bed. Watch in the morning.
1: Uh, Good news for Blues fans, though, with regards to these later starts. uh, You have a Friday night game and a Sunday afternoon game. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, I don't know if anybody watched uh, any of the other games last night. I didn't see any of the Oilers and the Kings. I'm sure uh, Edmonton Sports Talk Radio is a little banty this morning with the expectations they had to lose Game 1 against the Kings. The Kings had the longest odds of any of the 16 teams to win the Cup. And they go in and win in Edmonton last night. I did watch a good amount of the Leafs and the Lightning. Uh, friend of the program, Patty Maroon, right on brand at the end of the game. I mean, my goodness, if I could have gotten odds on that, that he would go out there and get her going, he did when they were down 5 nothing. But the Leafs put it on the, the defending cup champions big time. And uh, the Blues friends, the Bruins, uh, were on the receiving end of it from the Carolina Hurricanes. So tonight... Blues off, but you'll get a chance to see the Avalanche and Predators, and that is a series I'm really looking forward to. Across the board, actually, I'm looking forward to watching these games. Um, Like I said, just some good brands. Um, Some big names, big-time franchises playing, teams with recent success playing, the teams that, you know, I mean, you got the Caps, 2018 Cup winners going against a red-hot Panthers team, Uh, the Rangers and the Penguins. That speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. The Blues will be, and Blues fans, I think will be watching closely what goes on between the Preds and the Avs. And then the Dallas Stars and Calgary your nightcap tonight, and then everybody will have a uh, playoff game under the belts. Looking forward to it across the board. It's just so good. Playoff hockey is the absolute. Best. All right. Uh, speaking of things uh, that are uh, full of energy, you have the Cardinals on a day game yesterday uh, in front of, uh, I'll say, 19,000 people. That sounds about right. And I just couldn't have been more off on that. Stunned. And it, some people have been texting, and there are a lot of Royals fans. I observed that, too, right. while watching the game. Now, I like a, I do like a one nothing game. We talked about this last week when we saw one of those when it was Scherzer and Michaelis. Right. Um, I do like those kinds of games. Now that that game wound up having seven runs, but it was a, a scoreless game up until the latter portions of it when Scherzer was yanked. Yesterday, this is just a little pro tip. I don't believe this is an SEC violation. I'm not talking about the conference. I'm talking about the Securities and Exchange Commission. So sure. Here's what I'm telling you, Jackson. Uh huh. If you have a getaway day game, weekday, especially rain makeup one game series, I don't care if the total is a half run. You bet the under. Okay. I left money on the table yesterday. And for our audience here, I left money on your table as well because I didn't give you counsel. Right. That was a five-star lock that that was going to go under. Mm -hmm. It's a five-star lock. Jim Edmonds enjoys texting me during these things because I've taught a few years ago. I said, hey, out of curiosity, I've kind of noticed in watching baseball for years that when there's one of these 12 o'clock games, and it's not limited to the Cardinals, and the boys have played a couple night games before, it seems like, coincidentally, they go awfully, awfully swiftly <laughs> in those games. Right. So, you know, just kind of putting two and two together. Well, when you talk about a one game, now we got to fly across the state, play each other over in Kansas City, and there's rain in the forecast— that was as close as it can be to a five-star lock to take the under. I have no idea what the total number was on the on the runs yesterday. My guess is it was in the five and a half to six and a half range. Sounds about right. And the final one, nothing. Paul Goldschmidt's home run is all the Cardinals needed. I will say this: uh, Michael Taylor's catch. Oh God. Is a a catch-of-the-year candidate. Now, it happened on a Monday between the Cardinals and Royals, you know, probably 1 o'clock approximately, but that thing was for the books. Growing up, Willie McGee's catch in the 82 World Series is something I mimicked over and over again Uh up against garages in the alleys of South City uh and that was significant because it was world series and i loved willie mcgee and he was a rookie and all of that but that catch yesterday by taylor certainly not as important but better i mean he reached over oh, yeah pulled that was it back it's it was so difficult Edmonds griffey-esque yeah
0: yeah it, it reminded me of that play Edmonds had was that in cincinnati when he had that catch he climbed or, to the wall uh, yeah and over Israel his head yeah.
1: uh the total yesterday oh my god boy i really did leave money on the table I'm, I'm like as I'm <laughs> the, the total was seven. Oh man. If it had I just had I been thinking, I just wasn't thinking. I just wasn't thinking. Now, if it was a night, night
0: game, is, would you have said the same thing?
1: Uh, d- well, I, it depends. The, the, one of the elements that's, that's that was an outlier yesterday is that you knew that there was rain in the forecast. Sure. So the last thing, and I know people don't want to think this way, but this is human nature. There's 162 of these things. The Royals already kind of have an idea that it ain't going to work out this year. Sure. Just like the Reds had a pretty good idea it ain't going to work out this year. <laughs> and they have been playing for a month, and they have three wins. <laughs> Joey Votto tweeted out last night, five months left.
0: Yeah, enjoy the show. Way too-
1: <laughs> I mean, that is a marketing strategy for the Reds. But, uh, you know, that they're going, okay, if it's 3 o'clock and it's like 7 to 7 and there's going to be a thunderstorm, we got to sit through a delay. Yep. That didn't happen. And you got to travel across the state. Yes, that day. and then play against each other. I'm just, telling you, I'm just telling you. So take the younger. But I left money on the table, and I would have loved to have made the audience money. Yeah, no, that would have been nice. So, uh, yeah, I left that out there, and I owe you an apology. And so, uh, yeah, just send in your Venmo, and I will Venmo everybody. Right. Actually, uh, J- Jackson yeah, I Wilson's will Venmo, Jackson's yeah. the one Venmoing I the everyone. But I made the mistake. Thank actually. you. Thank you yeah. for that. Uh, guys, Kisner hit two rockets yesterday and was left with nothing to show for. it. It's encouraging how he is hitting the ball. And, uh, Seriously. And I heard uh, Edmonds and Dan McLaughlin talking yesterday about his improvement in calling games and uh, Jim made the observation it's one of those things that you don't notice kind of like a good umpire you don't really notice yeah if a guy's calling a game effectively you don't notice it but combined with how well he hit the ball and he was the one who was robbed by Taylor uh, that uh that's it's encouraging to see because he's getting a hell of a lot of playing time a ton, man. yeah I mean since since 2000 there have essentially been two guys playing catcher for the Cardinals. Yep. As weird as that might sound, 2022 now, Mike Matheny came over in 2000, was supposed to be split in time with Eli Marrero, and then he wound up taking over the job, gold glove, whole deal, and you uh, know up being Carlos Hernandez, who was buying the plate for the Ankyl thing. And then Yadier Molina takes over after the 2004 World Series, and here we are in 2022. It's been those guys. Yep. And now Kisner's getting some playing time, and so far, doing pretty well with really it. Really well. Uh, so what's the play tonight, Einstein? Easy to sit there and brag about a bet you didn't make, but should have. Well, I mean, if you think it's a brag to sit here and beat myself up over it, I don't have to tell you. I'm chastising myself. I screwed up. It's not a brag. It was stupid. I didn't bet it. I am, if anything, I am upset with myself. Right. Uh, Tim, SVP featured that catch on the best thing he saw last night. That is correct. I was right after the Blues game. Yeah. Uh, Tim, do a segment of your bets. I wouldn't do that. It, well, I, here's what I would do I would tell you then to take the opposite of what I say. Right. But when it does come to the getaway day game, low scoring affair, there is action out there for there sure there is action out there for it's not sure. absolute but does it hit more than 60 percent of the time it does i say that with a great sense of confidence and yesterday the number being seven holy moly i left yeah. money out there uh all right we will take a commercial break and come back with our final segment of balloon party bk and Ferrari up next at 11 o'clock this is balloon party on 101
2: espn we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: I don't know how many texts of the day I can give away in one show. As many as you want. All right. Uh, Tim, please do a segment on how much money Little Piddles loses. <laughs> little Piddles. <laughs> on his asinine bets. That's from the 573. There's nothing well, asinine. Jackson, it's over. Uh, it is official. NHL player safety uh, tweeting out, Minnesota Jared Spurgeon has been fined $5,000, the maximum allowable under the CBA for cross-checking St. Louis's Pavel Buchnevich. So that'll wrap her up. Uh you Venmoed me 5 bucks last night at 8:44 and now you'll be maybe bringing cash in yeah. for Doug Vaughn and Kenneth Iggy Strode on TMA tomorrow. Uh it's starting to get a little bloody for you. Uh. Little Pittles.
0: Jeez, man. I mean.
1: So this for the segment. The segment is called Little Pittles Losing Money. Yeah. Little Pittles has lost 15 bucks in the last 12 hours and change. God,
0: I mean, this is just. It's. Well, why don't you? Why don't you,
1: why don't you there's got to be a play you like, I assume, in the association. You think the Celtics bounce back or something?
0: I don't know. I don't have a good read on that series at the moment. Giannis is such a but
1: big, you're a little big pittles factor.
0: Yeah, I know. It's my brand is losing money, so I guess I'll, I'll bet the Celtics to cover or something. I actually won money on the Bucks on Sunday. So uh,
1: <laughs> going against Tatum, man, you just hate St. Louis.
0: I took it live, and the Bucks were getting a lot more points than they should have. No, so yeah, fair it was a, it was actually so a little short pittles play. won. A little pit. Well, yeah, I mean, a small victory in compared to. Just, and I like how they phrase it as the maximal. Would,
1: you know, the maximal would be suspending it. For What's a the day. maximal? What word is that? What is that word? What, they, what was the word they used? Maximum. Maximum. It's a it's a standard word used often in the English language. I've never heard of maximal. I remember Maximus. That was Russell Crowe. Oh Gladiator um, yeah. two thousand. Good or bad? Good.
0: Ridley Scott coming to play. Um, but the maximum would be suspending him. Like
1: let's 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 quit. The, ma- the fine is the maximum, which is allowed it's by the maxi- CBA, right? But that's if a... you want to go out there and start talking bad about unions, we'll do that tomorrow. If that's what you, if that's how you want to endear yourself, not to that's the interested audience. in all that. But I, your am... lil piddles and you lose money, and we gotta go. That's all. I listen. I'd love to talk more about you losing money on bad bets in the NHL.
0: I'm a I'm a fan of justice. That's my final <laughs> that's my final claim for today, and it has not been served.
1: BK and Ferrario up next. <laughs> lil piddles and hot love will wrap it up on 101 ESPN.